folks. Welcome to my channel, where I like to stereotype the shit out of people because apparently in 2017, people have become full-on caricatures. Intermale feminists. I'm going to let this castrated young fella on Marina Shutup's channel answer a few questions about dating a feminist and being a feminist, because I could not invent a better or more hilarious fictional character to exhibit what we're gonna talk about today. Today, we're bringing a boy onto Feminist Fridays, something that is very unfeminist. Mm -hmm. What's it like dating me slash a feminist? Be cool. That's not very rave reviews. <laughs> I don't like this already. Would you describe our relationship as matriarchal or patriarchal? It's a trick question. It's a trick question? It's a trick question. Why? Because. Because of equality. Yes. Oh my god. You got it, you got it. As you know, dating a feminist is very demanding. Yes. And that wasn't a question. Right. It was more of a statement. Mm-hmm. The thing is, I feel like the feminism, it doesn't come up a lot in our relationship, actually. Really? Yeah. Why do you think so? I think because I'm not an asshole. Probably. <laughs> if you had to describe feminism in one sentence, how would you describe it? In one sentence? Mm-hmm. How long of a sentence? Feminism is good because equality is what I believe in for everybody. Oh my god, where do I even start? What did you notice first about him before you formed any conclusions based on what he said? The first thing I took note of is that he is a really nondescript guy. Even now I can't remember precisely what he looks like, except that he's kind of fat and unkempt. This seems to be a thread amongst the vast majority of male feminists. They're unattractive men who are typically punching way above their weight. Marina Shut Up is really dumb, but if I saw a picture of her and hadn't heard her speak, I would say that she was pretty. Also, he's effeminate, which is very common in male feminists because they're not viewed as threatening high team men who embody toxic masculinity. If the men are effeminate, they can get closer to women because they let their guard down. Now, what did you notice about their interactions? I've linked the full video below because I did edit to show you some of the more condescending jabs that she made. I noticed that although this was a format where she was asking questions, it seems like he wanted her blessing when he was answering them. He would look at her a little bit and modify his answers based on her reactions. He really doesn't want to get anything wrong or upset her. He says that feminism doesn't really come up in their relationship because he's not an asshole. And I see this a lot with male feminists as well, a blanket indictment of all other men and of toxic masculinity, so as to artificially reduce his sexual competition, at least within the mind of the woman he's dating. More generally, within their interactions, I saw a lot of submission from him. She would be rude, short with him, the kind of girl that rolls her eyes at you. And each time she did something like this, he could not fall in line fast enough. Did you see how quickly he sat up straight when she chastised him? Sit up. I don't know about you ladies watching this, but this would be a totally unacceptable way for me to talk to my fiance, and I highly doubt he would tolerate it. And I think that that's the natural reaction for men in this situation, to want to subdue the controlling woman and to regain the reins of the relationship. This guy has completely abdicated his role. Male feminists don't think like this though. They typically don't want the control because they aren't equipped to navigate a relationship, let alone lead one. And they benefit the most when the woman that they're with is thoroughly convinced of his devotion to feminism and his submission to her. She'll be more unguarded then if she has the illusion of control. This may seem anecdotal and I'll get to some more specific cases later, but I see so many similarities in male feminists and they so often closely represent the stereotype that these characteristics can't really be ignored. There are different kinds of male feminists, which I will also go into in a minute. But generally, it is unattractive men, particularly those of the low T variety, that have developed a strategy to sleep with women that in most other instances outside of rape 
would be basically unattainable. I've come to the conclusion that there are at least two types of male feminists. The first type, like Mr. Shut Up and Steve Shives, are falling into a feminist worldview more subconsciously. They don't know themselves, they aren't aware that they have crafted a reproductive strategy, and they entertain the delusion that being huge pussies actually means that they're allies of women. These men are more innocuous than the other type of male feminist. They're beta orbiter types that are generally not outwardly sexually predatory, meaning that they will not rape or grope women. Their tactics are emotionally and psychologically manipulative and are geared towards making women feel safe so that they will have consensual sex with them. They tend to play the long game and many in this group are serial monogamists that often end up with dominant feminist girlfriends and wives that they pathologically acquiesce to, like Steve Shives. Usually they're idealistic about the world and about women. I hypothesize that these men have internalized anger at a society that has abandoned them. In previous generations, small communities and churches would go to work finding marriage matches for beta males or unattractive men or very, very shy men. They really have to fend for themselves now and try to get women to have sex with them while constantly being called toxic potential rapists and having to apologize for their existence. And because these men likely have feminine tendencies already, they're prone to submission. So they do not rage against a society that blames them or the feminists that have ruined their image. They're sneakier than that, more passive aggressive. They'd rather work with their bad situation. Then there is another type of male feminist, a more malevolent variety than Steve Shives and Mr. Shut Up. They see this as an opportunity to exploit the women that have unduly punished them their entire lives. This type has a desire for power and domination after being rejected and chastised his whole life. But this type is more pragmatic than idealistic and seems to know himself well. These are men like Harvey Weinstein that know that in order to exploit women and get away with it, you must first have power and wealth. Men like Weinstein view young women as something to destroy and to conquer, and they feel justified because they have been made to feel small or ugly or unwanted by women or by society. I mean, just look at Harvey Weinstein. His appearance is monstrous, he's disgusting. He and many of these guys are physically repulsive and no woman would ever find them truly attractive. Shout out to Baring that covered this topic yesterday. I've linked his video below and actually discovered a few cases of male feminist sexual harassment that I was not privy to. But everyone is talking about this because now that a few women have spoken out, the floodgates have opened and the left is completely cannibalizing itself. They not only invented, but shamelessly pushed the narrative that we all must listen and believe. And now that's what's going to destroy them. It's kind of poetic, isn't it? If we listen and believe all of these women like they have told us that we always must, it will continue to absolutely detonate the careers and the lives of trusted men that have been revered in feminist communities, some for decades. Harvey Weinstein has been at this for like 30 years. And over the last few weeks and months, we have seen a bomb go off in Hollywood and in the media. A week or two ago, Vice Journalist Sam Chris, amongst many others, was accused of sexual assault. Vice Journalist Sam Chris is a known quantity on social media due to his outspoken support of feminism and often violent views against capitalism. A woman alleged the UK-based white knight sexually assaulted her Tuesday in a lengthy Facebook post. Chris did not deny the charges and has admitted wrongdoing. She said that on her third date with Chris, he behaved as if he were entitled to her body. In many instances, Chris allegedly forced his tongue into her mouth, grabbed her butt and breasts, and even twisted her neck to force a kiss. This physically hurt, she wrote, adding that he made these maneuvers multiple times throughout the night in public. He also commanded her to drink alcohol despite her repeated refusals. I had hoped I would never have to write this account, she began, but watching a man who repeatedly groped me, twisted my neck to forcibly kiss me, ignored any attempt I made to stop him, and refused to let me drink non-alcohol, unashamedly attack feminists online, 
use misogynist language, singling out women for ridicule time and time again means I've not really been able to forget. He wrote a groveling apology in Medium that I've linked below. He groveled to this woman for her to bang him, and now he's groveling to the general public. I bet we'll start to see another trend here. Earlier this year, Citizen Radio's Jamie Kilstein, a well-known male feminist, was accused of sexual assault. This is his ex-wife. Recently, some disturbing allegations have been brought to my attention entailing several women who have accused Jamie of being manipulative, emotionally abusive, and predatory in his behavior. There had been murmurs of this in the past, but understandably, the women wished to remain anonymous, so I was never able to learn the full scope of what happened until very recently. I want to be very careful with what I say here because I don't want to reveal anyone's identity until they're ready to speak publicly, but one of the victims was someone who worked for the show. Now that I have the full story, I'm deeply upset and disturbed by what I've learned. This is why I asked Jamie to leave the show, he agreed, and why he's agreed to seek therapy. Do you see a pattern emerging? These are men that get in positions where they're surrounded by women that they make feel safe by touting trite feminist phrases and making it known that they read feminist literature. Some of these male feminists were always true sociopaths like Harvey Weinstein. He built his life and his career around sexually harassing women without getting caught. He literally went to the Women's March. He gave millions to the DNC, he donated to Planned Parenthood, and he has publicly praised Gloria Steinem. All the while knowing that he is getting away with sexual assault on a regular basis, is debasing women, and that everyone is tolerating it because he is so powerful. That is what got him off. It wasn't just defiling these young women. It was controlling all of Hollywood and the media. Toback is turning out to be something of a similar case this week, although he was a little weirder even than Weinstein. 200 more women share their James Toback stories after 38 accused director of sexual harassment. The Time story detailed a pattern of behavior carried out over four decades in which Toback approached women in New York and Los Angeles, boasting of his movie credits and relationships with stars such as Robert Downey Jr. Then, under the pretext of meetings framed as interviews or auditions, he asked explicit questions about the women's sexual histories, often proposing that they remove their clothes. The encounters often ended, according to many of the women interviewed, with Toback dry-humping them or masturbating in front of them, ejaculating into his pants or onto their bodies. This is pretty similar to Weinstein in that he isolates young, naive actresses, then threatens their careers. Both Weinstein and Toback, and I guarantee most everyone that I've discussed, will grovel and beg shamelessly for sex from these women. If you heard Weinstein's tape that was leaked, he was just begging this model pathetically and not taking no for an answer. These men have no guilt about their actions and have no self-respect, so they don't really have any qualms about begging. There's some element of their psyche that enjoys sexual humiliation, but I don't quite understand this. So someone in the comments explain this to me because this came up a lot in my research and I started to notice this trend when I was learning about Michael Isaacson, the Marxist professor, you may have seen him on Tucker Carlson with the impossibly long neck, who's very open about enjoying bondage and being sexually humiliated. But I digress, and I will end my long list of male feminist sexual predators with my personal favorite example, Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon is a director, producer, screenwriter who did Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Firefly, The Avengers, you guys know him. Back in August, his ex-wife penned the most scathing essay I have ever read, where she recounts his decades of philandering and sexual degeneracy. I've been asked some questions by the press recently about my divorce from Joss Whedon, to whom I was married for 16 years. There's misinformation out there and I feel the best way to clear up the situation is to tell my truth. There were times in our relationship that I was uncomfortable with the attention Joss paid other women. He always had a lot of female friends, but he told me it was because his mother raised him as a feminist, so he just liked women better. He said he admired and respected females, he didn't lust after them. I believed him and trusted him. On the set of Buffy, Joss decided to have his first secret affair. 
15 years later, when he was done with our marriage and finally ready to tell the truth, he wrote me, when I was running Buffy, I was surrounded by beautiful, needy, aggressive young women. It felt like I had a disease, like something from a Greek myth. Suddenly, I'm a powerful producer and the world is laid out at my feet and I can't touch it. Despite understanding on some level that what he was doing was wrong, he never conceded the hypocrisy of being out in the world preaching feminist ideals while at the same time taking away my right to make choices for my life and my body based on the truth. He deceived me for 15 years so he could have everything he wanted. No matter that the mention of this essay is just a tiny note within Wikipedia's article about Joss Whedon, which is largely glowing. It is also, I'm not even joking, situated within a section about feminism. I wanted to read to you a little bit because I thought this was so funny. Elements of feminism are present throughout all of Whedon's work, which he gives his mother credit for inspiring. Then there's a discussion about characters that he made. In response to perennially being asked why he writes such strong female characters, he replied, because you're still asking me that question. In college, Whedon studied a theory called womb envy, a concept that he says observes a fundamental thing that women have something men don't, the obvious being an ability to bear children. Men not only don't get what's important about what women are capable of, but in fact they fear it and envy it and want to throw stones at it because it's the thing that they can't have. That's meaningless. Also, in late 2013, Whedon spoke at an Equality Now event where he issued a pointed dissection of the word feminist. And news website Digital Spy released in early 2015 an interview they conducted with Whedon during which he criticized the entertainment industry for its genuine, recalcitrant, intractable sexism and old-fashioned quiet misogyny. So just like other male feminists of this sociopathic variety, Joss Whedon had no guilt or remorse and unflinchingly decries the very thing that he is actively engaging in all the while hiding under the protection of the feminist label. And I did not even mention Andy Senor of Screen Junkies, Harry Knowles from Austin Film Critics, and Rupert Myers of GQ, just to name a few. It has been a really bad few weeks and months for male feminists. I also didn't mention the skeptic feminist who, as we all remember, murdered his girlfriend in the spring. I think it's obvious that you cannot trust male feminists for a few reasons. First of all, whether they are of the innocuous or psychopathic variety, they are still, consciously or subconsciously, not being honest about their intentions or their belief system, even if they truly believe what they're saying. But the real reason to naturally distrust male feminists is that men inherently do not care about feminist issues and being a feminist is traitorous to their nature. Additionally, people generally don't care as much about issues that don't affect them and you have to wonder what's in it for people that do. Any man that is claiming that he genuinely gives a shit whether or not tampons are provided for free is a damn liar. And if he actually does care, it's probably because he's trying to get something out of somebody else. When I was researching, I came across so many articles over the course of the last decade by feminists who seemed to have been hip to this male feminist charade the whole time. I found myself wondering, why on earth would they go along with this, allowing these men to claim to be allies, dating them, keeping them around? Then it dawned on me. Feminists are amoral utilitarians, so they will ally with someone that is a direct threat to them if it means furthering their narrative. That is one of the reasons that all of these Hollywood skanks kept their mouth shut, in some cases, for several decades. That and it helped their careers. How depressing is that? What an unholy alliance. But perhaps we shouldn't be discouraged. This might be the beginning of the unraveling of these institutions. At least I hope it is. Thank you for picking this topic this week. I always like to take an opportunity to discuss leftist cannibalism. And even though we reject the listen and believe mantra, I have got to say that it is satisfying and predictable watching the liberal elite be dismantled by their own methods. I can't look away. Thanks again, and I'll see you folks next week. Bye.